0: Welcome to another edition of the Exon. my name is Rob McConnell and I'm your host and your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the Exon. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And joining me this hour from Mission Hills in California is Jose Escamilla. Anyone within the UFO community, anyone who's ever looked at UFOs, anyone who's ever had an interest in UFOs, knows Jose Escamilla. I first met Jose years ago during the Exxon radio show when we were talking about the Roswell Rods. Over the years, Jose and I have kept in communication. He's done stuff up-to-date 12 documentaries he's working on his newest venture but let's go to Jose in Mission Hills California Jose joins us by Skype and Jose welcome to the Exxon again well
1: hello there Rob. it's good to talk to you again
0: good talking to you too my friend um, for those people in the Exxon TV audience who have never heard of you or who aren't too sure who you are t- tell us a little bit about yourself
1: okay well first of all I was uh Raised in Roswell, New Mexico. I'm from Roswell, the epicenter of UFOs, right, uh, where the Roswell crash happened, and um, I got known in this area uh, because I filmed 16 minutes on March 5, 1994, 16 minutes of broad daylight UFO activity, and it turns out that um, the activity continued daily basis over there. Uh, on March 19th, I was filming for UFOs, and there were these things that were flying about that looked like snakes, mm-hmm. snakes mm-hmm. flying in the air. And uh, as we came to find out, we named them rods, because they look like this bacteria that exist in a microscopic area that are called rods. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, these things, um, we don't know what they are. They still exist. They're, ex- they're being filmed all over the world. Um, and it's been a phenomena that's amazing. They are so fast. You can see them with a the naked eye, but they are so fast. They are hardly detectable. But they
0: are there. I remember so, one of the video clips you sent me many years ago showed a tank firing off a round. And the Roswell rod was faster than the round exiting the, the, the tank's uh, cannon. You also sent me a video of the Roswell rods in a cave. And it is truly amazing. And in your opinion after investigating these rods these phenomenon for so many years are these rods part of the ufo phenomenon
1: they are uh and they are an unidentified flying object mm-hmm. they are a ufo a type of ufo however these things um they appear to be living entities of some kind they appear to be some kind of an organism however uh we have footage of them in space uh Coming in and out of Earth uh, from shuttle footage, right. And, and recently, we got footage of rods on Mars.
0: Rods on Mars.
1: Rods on Mars. And I don't make this stuff up, Rob. Right? No.
0: I know you. I've known you long enough to know that you don't.
1: Yeah, I always present the evidence as it presents itself. And for many, many years, I've had network television uh, shows such as mm-hmm. Monster Quest and uh, NBC that have tried to debunk me and saying I'm just faking the stuff. They're just insects. Being filmed by uh, uh, cameras with, and creating anomalies and types, you know this type of thing right but um recently between last year and now, because of the advent of the goPro cameras mm-hmm. uh and also of uh, the high speed cameras the red cam, which is the best uh the highest resolution camera in the world, we now have rod footage shot at twenty four p which means those are 24 true frames. There's no interlacing that would cause any kind of artifact. And um, high speed, 200 to 2,000 frames per second. Wow. You can stop a bullet with this camera, okay? Right. We have broad daylight footage of two rods, one filmed in the UK during a um, uh, Red Bull. Is that is that the, the kind of drink it is? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and um, there's a skin uh, skin suit jumper coming off of a mountain, and he's coming down at 140 miles an hour, being filmed at 2,000 frames per second, and he's barely moving. I mean, he's just going so slow, coming towards the camera, and then a rod flies through the scene fast. Wow. And when you go frame by frame, it is a rod, like I've been showing you and people all over the world, Uh, and it's not a bird. limit, See, filming at 24p and 2,000 frames per second, it eliminates all of the other anomalous mm-hmm. things that, you know, you could explain it away. And the rod looks exactly like it looks. I mean, it's it's a rod. We also have, uh, on the RED cam, at 4K resolution, which is like IMAX, okay? <laughs> IMAX resolution, uh, a rod that flies through the scene, and it's at 200 frames per second, and <laughs> you go see that, It's a true rod. It's not a bird. If it was a bird, you'd see its wings and beak and all that. And we now have that footage, man. And it's amazing. And I'm coming out with a new movie. All right, let's talk about
0: your new movie when we come back from this break. Exxon Nation, Jose Escamilla is our very special guest. www.tblnfilms.com Rods on Mars. Fascinating. We'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon with yours truly, Rob McConnell. We'll be back. Don't go away. Here we are in the year 2015. We haven't put a human being, a living being, on Mars. We're just contemplating the very first voyages manned voyages to that planet as we speak and yet the Roswell rods that Jose Escamilla filmed many years ago in the 90's and we talked about here several times in the Exxon have been filmed on Mars joining me now from Mission Hills California via Skype is Jose Escamilla and Jose what was it like when you saw that your rods were actually on Mars
1: I was happy because um, we've known that they, they have the ability to traverse mm-hmm. in outer space, okay, from the shuttle footage and the ISS footage. We also have full-color ISS footage of rods coming in and out of Earth, uh, and they're huge. And you have to realize that on the shuttle and the ISS, those are traveling at 17,000, 18,000 miles per hour. Right. That's what they're orbiting at. And these rods are zipping by super fast, much faster, and they're going on different trajectories. So uh, I was excited about that. Getting this Mars footage is really phenomenal because now we know that this thing, whatever it is, or uh, if it's a living entity or whatever it is, it is on Mars. And, and and this is a huge rod that flies in. You can see it. There's actually two or three shots we have of, of, of rods on Mars, but there's this one. Particular one, and you're going to have the footage. It shows it going into either the landscape or on the other side of the uh, horizon of this Mars footage. It's just an amazing thing.
0: What have scientists said about the rods? How do they describe what you're presenting them on video? You know, you can't fake video coming from Mars, they can't accuse you of faking this video. you know so so what does the scientific community say when you have these extraterrestrial entities that you here on this planet have in the sky going into the water going in and out of outer space and now on a totally different planet in another part of our solar system what do they say
1: Um, they don't say anything actually you know back in the 90s I contacted NASA I Mm -hmm. contacted people at the Denver Museum of Natural History, and people here at the uh, LA, Los Angeles Museum of Natural History. And I took the footage of the cave and, and the, the underwater footage that we have of Rods, which is spectacular within itself. Mm-hmm. And um, we took it to marine biologists, and marine zoologists, and they had no idea. They said, you know, there could be a specimen in some jar at some um, laboratory in the world named as an unknown plankton
0: unknown, okay, unknown
1: jolly plankton it could be you know they have millions of specimens sure. underwater that yep. are totally unnamed and the lady told me that look uh if a marine biologist sh- sees this footage in ireland or in iceland or wherever it might be located if they see it they might recognize it and pull out a specimen and that would be amazing because these things have the ability to enter and come out of the oceans so we know there's a life cycle here that these have underwater and i recently got last year i got footage amazing footage of an underwater rod it's right there you're gonna have all this footage i'm sending it to you Plus, um, i have scientists that have looked at rods over the years they just don't know what they are their thing is look if we get a specimen we'll be able to determine what its metabolism metabolism is, and mm-hmm. how it, what it eats, and and what have you. But until we get a specimen, we can't really classify it as a, you know, earthly living bio, uh, biological creature, what we know of.
0: And here we just found out that scientists in Australia have found a new uh, species of a sea dragon. And this is the first time in 150 years that they've actually discovered this species that, for all intents and purposes, has been living right under their noses. Uh, Jose, we have to go to a break soon, but I have to ask you this question. Is there a connection between Roswell rods and the creation of crop circles?
1: You know, I do have footage of rods uh, at crop, crop circle areas. Uh, there's this lady that I'll, I'll tell you about it uh, on the next break. But, um, uh, yeah, we do have footage of them. We just don't know if they create them. I mean, you know. Right.
0: And, and, and is it possible, now this is a far stretch, but talking to you, I know I'm allowed to take this latitude. Is it possible that the rod or the staff that Moses was holding in biblical times that was giving him the authority or the power to to do all these miracles he did prior to the Egyptians allowing them to leave Egypt, could this have been part of a Roswell rod? Yes, I don't
1: think so, Rob. Um, because rods are
0: forever moving about Ah, okay I don't
1: think that I know that's mentioned in the Bible of the rod and everything else but it's not I don't think it was
0: I just thought I'd ask you since you are the rod expert Exo Nation Jose Escamilla is my special (laughs) guest www.tblnfilms.com and Jose and I return on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget, you can always visit us online at XZoneTV.com and listen to the Zone Radio Show, 724-365 at www.exoneradiotv.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back. And welcome back, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell. This is Exone TV, TV.com. My guest this hour, all the way from Mission Hills, California, originally from Roswell, New Mexico, is Jose Escamilla. His website is www.tblnfilms.com. Am I correct there, Jose? That's right. Jose, uh, let's just talk about Roswell for a second since you're from there and I'm sure that you yourself as as one of the leading UFO researchers have researched this story in and out in your opinion based on your expertise what happened at Roswell New Mexico Uh,
1: there were two crashes actually there's two locations the um, the ranch where um, the first UFO hit was brought down, and then there was another area at Mm -hmm. Pine Ridge, which is about six miles northeast of uh, Roswell. There was also a UFO crash there. And in the 60s, -hmm. I had a rock and roll band. I was about 15, 16 years old, and uh, we were a pretty successful rock and roll band. I'm sending you that photo of me when I was that age. (laughs) Uh, We had a band called the Yee Court Jesters, and we, man, we were touring with bands like the Turtles, the Grassroots, Really? Wow. Tina Turner, we opened for all these groups. Uh, Dick Clark Show, Paul Revere and the Raiders, Steve Alemo, all this. Uh, And we were, you know, we were tooling around and we saw UFOs. I mean, we used to see UFOs in broad daylight, but, you know, in those days, we were just rock and rolling, you know, and uh, messing with chicks. So it was like uh, real crazy. But we had a major UFO encounter Coming out of Carlsbad, New Mexico, where this UFO fly right over us. It flew right over us. It flew so low that I jumped up and tried to test the bottom of it. That's wow. how big and low it was. And uh, I've got this in my new book. I have a new book out that's available at TBLN Films. And um, Roswell, I grew up talking to the Wilmots. The Wilmots were the people that were sitting in their front porch and actually saw that UFO as it zipped by over Roswell. And they saw the explosion and everything else. And the Wilmots owned a toy store there in downtown Roswell. It was called Wilmot's House of Toys. Mm-hmm. And uh, my dad used to take me there all the time because my dad had an outdoor theater at Midway where all the ranchers would come out and see movies on the screen. We had two projectors. We used to rent movies from a company called Black Hawk Films. And that's where I fell in love with films, filmmaking and projectors and this kind of thing. And the Wilmots appeared on their own TV commercial that we produced. Uh-huh. My dad showed me how to make a TV commercial. First you shoot the outside, then you go inside and pan around, and then you get the owners to stand in with their phone number on a cardboard thing. And that's what <laughs> it was in those days. It was all shot in 16-millimeter film that we developed there at midway. So I've been into the film aspect and also the UFO aspect over Roswell. Mm-hmm. Chief Hall, Chief Hall, who was the sheriff, Uh, And the chief of police in those days, that the military said, if you say anything, you're going to wind up in the desert. Okay? Wow. You will never be seen again. Well, he uh, was after me. He was wanting to put me in jail because I was a rock and roller and I was dating his daughter.
0: Oh, I think that had a lot to do with it.
1: (laughs) So you know, that's that's kind of my story in Roswell. I knew about the UFO crash. My dad told me about Uh it. Our neighbors there at Midway. There were some people that saw the crash, some people that were out there with the archaeologists. And so I knew about it. And um, in the town of Roswell, you'd be surprised, even though they have the Roswell Museum and everything, mm-hmm. other people that witnessed the event or that know about it or that were at the air base that worked there and everything else, they don't say a word, Rob. They're, they're not, um, how do you say it, they're not gloating about how famous the Roswell thing is. If, and, if, that's,
0: um, if that's for me, I'm not here.
1: Yeah. Sorry about that. I forgot no the show. But um they don't talk about it actually. Mm-hmm. Any restaurant where there's a group of people from Roswell or ranchers or what have you, uh having breakfast, they will not say a word. Really? Yeah, they they just not they're not into going that in that direction. So it's a it's an incredible uh place. Roswell, there are UFOs still visiting Roswell and Midway daily. Daily? Yeah, it's just that people are not uh, paying attention or checking it out, <clears throat> not wanting to get involved. But, uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of activity there. and I'm going to go back there. Uh, when I do the new roswell Rods film, which is called The Live in the Skies, right. I'm going back to Roswell. I'm going back to Denver, where I was, uh, where a lot of the people that were with MUFON were helping research the rods activity. Uh, Michael Carter, for one, he was a, a state director of MUFON back in those days, back in the 90s. James Peters, Galen Sharp, uh, Ty Simpson. There's a lot of people there that I want to be in the original. These are the original rod men. Right. And rod women. I'm the rod man.
0: And they're the rod people.
1: They're the rod people, man. So, so people.
0: you're like Rodding Hood, and they're your merry men. <laughs> yeah, all. all right, stand by. Jose Escamilla is my special guest, Exonation, tblnfilms.com. And when we come back, more with Jose, the Roswell Rods, UFOs, and what is really on the moon. My name is Rob McConnell. This is Exon TV. We'll be back after this break. Jose Escamilla is my special guest this segment of the X-Zone. We're talking about the Roswell rods, we're talking about UFOs, we're going to be talking about what's really on the moon on the, in, in a little while. But here's my question to you, the members of the scientific community. Here you have someone who has video documented proof that we are not alone, and I'm talking about the footage of the rods. They've been found in our atmosphere, they've been found all over the world they've been found underwater got coming in and out of outer space they've been shot from the ISS they've been shot by the shuttle they've even been found on Mars why don't you guys in the scientific world get behind Jose and find out what they really are if they can go from Earth to Mars wouldn't that help us in our in our quest for space flight, space development come on guys give it a try contact Jose TBLNfilms.com. Joining me again from Mission City in California, Jose Escamilla. And, Jose, first of all, always great talking to you, my friend. Um, What is on the moon?
1: I found in uh, February uh, 2009, I found a website. Uh, I was making a scene for a film I was making called Moon Rising, Mm -hmm. and I wanted to shoot a scene of us leaving Earth and going through the atmosphere and winding up right there on the moon. So I needed a special effect moon. Right. And I contacted guys that work on Star Trek and Star Wars, and I said, hey, where do you get those incredible, realistic planets? Mm-hmm. And then how much is it? They said it's all free. Go to a All right. Yeah. So I went there, and I see this grayscale scale uh, shot of the moon. I click on that, it takes me to another landing page. And there was all different uh, variations of photography of the moon. Mm -hmm. In the middle, smack dab in the middle, your viewers and listeners that go there, mapaplanet.org, they'll be able to see what I saw in 2009. There was a thing that said natural color. And I go, hey, what's this? So I clicked on it, took me to another landing page, and there is a flat, laid out map of the whole moon that when you wrap it around a sphere in a CGI computer program, It'll be a moon. It'll mm-hmm. be the whole uh, surface of the moon. But it's full color. And I started looking at this, and from that day on, it changed my perspective on the way we look at the moon. It totally changed my perspective. Because up until that time, I thought the moon was a black and white, gray piece of rock that orbits the Earth.
0: Well, that's the way NASA depicts it.
1: Oh, and the Chinese, yeah, Japanese, and everyone else. But it's a full color. Celestial body. I have a movie on my website called Celestial, which I'm sending to you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And in it, you, see the thing about full color is you have depth of perception. Right. You are able to see stuff. The black and white photos from Apollo that show white stuff that looks like moon dust. Right. Those are clouds. They're clouds in full color. All right. So, uh, it's an incredible uh, find and uh, it was not a NASA website. org is the USGS website, the United States Geological Geological Survey. Yeah, so who would have thought that here these guys had all these full-color photos. Uh, Now the the full-color photography was taken in 1994 during the Clementine Moon Mission. It was high-definition, full-color photography of the whole entire moon mm-hmm. and uh, 1.8 million digital photos were taken. I've wow. only downloaded 850 shots out of 1.8 million. I still haven't seen that archive. And in, in So what is there? What is
0: there on the moon? Are there buildings?
1: Yes, you can clearly see buildings. You can see mountains made of gold. Mountains there's, made of gold? There's a golden arch that's Stretching about five or six miles above the surface, but it goes from the surface to the moon like that it's gold solid gold man or maybe that's just half so,
0: of a Mcdonald's uh, golden arches McDonald's on the moon
1: not like McDonald's, but it's a you know it's a, it's a semi-circle. right uh, there's also cities there I have a in, in the movie Celestial, you'll see cities what look like cities and buildings. there are glass domes with buildings inside there's one glass dome uh... doppelmeyer is the name of the, cl- uh, the crater mm-hmm. that's the lower part of the front side of the moon in it you can see buildings and a tower that has the number two on it you can clearly see that All right? and, and um uh, I have stuff on the far side of the moon right. there's, a, there's a crater called Lobachevsky that for many of the Apollo missions since the beginning they've always filmed this crater I don't know why but in April of uh, 1972, Apollo 16, the photograph was taken, and there's a machine there, some kind of strange looking thing, that's digging on the side of the crater, digging a hole, okay? And this crater is six miles deep. (laughs) This thing was digging. Eight months later, on Apollo 17, which was the last mission, uh, you know, we went to the moon, December of 1972, they filled the same crater, and guess what? Now there's a structure there.
0: A giant structure stories.
1: that's 10 miles wide and 6 miles high. So, someone or something built the structure in, in 8 months.
0: Jose, you and I have got to say so long for now, but you're going to be back in the very near future. We have to get this story out there. There's no two ways about it. I want to thank you for all the great work you've done over the years. It's a pleasure calling you, my friend. And Exxon Nation, to find out more about Jose Escamilla, go to his website, tblnfilms.com. My name is Rob McConnell. Thank you very much for joining us tonight here in the Exxon. And until the next time, always keep your eyes to the sky and your heart to the light. Good night, everyone.